0: Hello, and welcome to episode 65 of Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blog cast. How is everybody holding up? (laughs) Everybody good? (laughs) I feel like terrible things happen every five minutes. And actually, it's more like every five seconds. But I guess we all soldier on. Um, Today's blog I have been sitting on for a little while I wrote it after a trip to Europe this summer Um, and it was a little bit inspired by just like conversations with my friends there and feeling really like okay guys enough enough with the Trump jokes I can't. I can't anymore. And also the, like, kind of, uh, like, need to debrief on election stuff, like ask me all the questions, none of which I had any capacity for rehashing. <laughs> so, yeah, so th- so this was from that. And uh, I, it just didn't seem like ever quite the right time to post it. But, but now it's time has come. Um, so it is... This is an American post. A post about feeling American. (laughs) American. America can be something, it doesn't have to be a joke. (laughs) Anyway, here's feeling American. Never do I feel more American than when I travel abroad. At home, my identity tends to be more specific. The city I was born in, the state I'm from, the city I live in, or the borough in that city, or even the neighborhood in that borough. I don't feel American in America, partly because I have always felt so countercultural. Americans are like this and I am like that. I have tended to identify more with other cultures. I have even unsuccessfully tried to emigrate in order to be in places that align more closely with my interests and values. If European countries had looser immigration policies, I would have moved there a long time ago. But I am American and going abroad always helps me appreciate the good side of that, especially in times when I'm seeing mostly the bad. I have enjoyed those moments when my Americanism becomes obvious, when my friends abroad tease me for my optimism or my accent. During my recent trip abroad, I found myself in a new position with my European friends. American politics are in the news everywhere there. As one friend told me, the first story of every news broadcast is whatever crazy thing Trump did that day. Before any news of their own country, they get news of ours. My friend was understandably frustrated by that. Trump is happening to everyone in the world, not just to us in America. My friends felt the need to vent about him, to imitate his speech and his mannerisms. They are laughing about the horrors they're seeing, and they want to laugh with me, their American friend. The thing is, though, I'm not finding the current political situation funny. It is not amusing to hear imitation after imitation of the man who makes my skin crawl to hear his faults listed and marveled at and analyzed as if he were just a character in a play. To me, it feels as though 45 or Lil Donny T or he who must not be named is an arsonist who has set fire to my house and is blithely watching it burn. Every time someone imitates his speech or his gestures, it's like looking at another face of the person who traumatized me. Objectively, I understand that he's funny, or maybe more precisely, buffoonish and ridiculous, but emotionally, it's horrifying. I'm from here. I live here. My house, my America, however embarrassing it can sometimes be, is mine. Having this house, this America, was something that I could always rely on in the past. I had a certain amount of privilege in that house and others could not rely on that so much, but there were certain things that we expected to remain. I grew up with a relatively stable government and a kind of classic American optimism that justice would prevail even when all evidence pointed to the contrary. It wasn't a perfect house, but it was mine. And now it is on fire. Every day I do something that I hope will help put out the fire, but I fully expect the place to be a pile of ash before too long. I throw a thimble of water on the fire next to dozens of others, all of us, hoping to put it out, but knowing that it might take much more than our water to do it. On election night last November, I fully expected us to be in the middle of the new Third Reich by now. I was emotionally preparing for concentration camps and firing squads. I am not convinced that we are free of that threat. Our issues may seem funny from a distance, but here inside, we are watching a man with the ability to push a button and start a global nuclear war, pick fights with everyone from kids on Twitter to world leaders who have similar access to weapons and who might be very glad to see Imperial America get its comeuppance. And if you believe that our famous checks and balances would prevent a nuclear holocaust, I would point you to a terrifying episode of Radiolab about it. We are watching what we thought was an increasingly tolerant and progressive nation become entrenched in increasing white supremacy. My seemingly peaceful hometown has become a site that white supremacist groups are targeting for their parades and rallies and celebrations. And I would like to point out that I wrote the previous sentence back in July— before the Nazis showed up. Even New York City, which we who live here think of as a bastion of tolerance and diversity, has seen a disturbing trend of hate crimes. The Southern Poverty Law Center reports that hate groups have risen dramatically. From where I'm standing, America is on fire, and it will be ashes before too long if we can't stop it. Is there any hope, my European friends ask? Sure. Yes, I guess. Every day, a new batch of amazing people throw water on the fire. The resistance is persistent and powerful and fighting like hell. If you want to watch some extraordinary firefighters in the middle of the government, follow Representative Maxine Waters, Representative Ted Lieu, Senator Kamala Harris, Senator Elizabeth Warren. There is perhaps some hope that our checks and balances will find a way to check this fire. The ongoing Russian investigation, the increasing calls for impeachment, the way one Republican congressman described how he could not go anywhere without women getting up in his grill. There are drops of hope, and maybe all the drops will eventually put out the fire. But meanwhile, please remember that our house is on fire and most of us are just barely keeping it together. We need your help, especially those of you who have lived through repressive regimes, through corrupt governments. You could be forgiven for just wanting to laugh at us, for just wanting to enjoy the schadenfreude of watching a nation that has been acting a bit too big, big for its britches finally get a comeuppance. America was probably due a reckoning, given the way our governments have tended to go about the world like we own the place. But remember that you have friends who are, were as dim- dismayed by that then as you were. Perhaps more. It may be pleasurable to watch some madman set fire to the gaudy mansion on the hill, but remember that there are people inside, burning. People are dying now. Literally. We need the wisdom of the past, so we do not end up repeating it. As Americans, we have enjoyed an incredible amount of freedom and privilege before now, and some of us were not prepared for the revocations of any of those things. I learned, not long ago, about David Goodhart's idea that culture is dividing into two worldviews, people from anywhere and people from somewhere. He defines anywheres as mobile, educated, autonomous, open, and fluid. Somewheres are more rooted, less well-educated, and value group attachments, familiarity, and security. It is his explanation for Brexit in the UK. It also makes sense for our American situation and I am very much an anywhere. One thing that this burning house feeling has done for me as an American anywhere is to make me feel my Americanness as acutely as I do when I'm abroad. I feel simultaneously more American than I have ever felt before and also deeply alienated from it. In the chaos, my sense of anywhere has led me to become more of a somewhere. When my hometown was attacked, I felt more from there. As my country struggles, I feel more from here. This year has made me feel as American as I feel when I'm away. It is a curious shift from being so firmly in the anywhere camp to suddenly identifying with my somewheres. I am American for good and ill, but I am from somewhere, and it's here. While there is still a here to be from, I am from here. There you are, folks. A little anywhere, somewhere American exploration. Um, So on this American theme, um i would like to recommend to you podcast wise uh, i'd like to recommend fake the nation um i don't even remember how i stumbled across it but I, I i find it to be one of the sort of most listenable of the of the political podcasts that are that are in my feed and that like it doesn't make me want to um, throw things, um, or it doesn't make me like it, it doesn't fill me with despair. um I think it's partly because like it's hosted by comedians, it's comedians talking about political issues, so there's a sense of of lightness uh, that they will always bring back even when they're talking about horrible things. um, and also the host is a um an Iranian American, Nagin Farsad. she is um badass and she has great guests on so fake the nation check it out um it's so it's so american and not the way that we think of when we think of america it's it's my america fake the nation my america Um, so check it out and um for this song today this is uh, so I was—I I lied to you my last podcast. I, th- I thought I was going to be giving you nothing but fairground attraction for the next few weeks. But it turns out that you, that, this, mm, I, th- that was not appropriate for, <laughs> for this plug. So what you have here is um, a Paul Simon song called American Tune, which I f- feel like has suddenly become even more pertinent to the America that we're in. Um, this is a song, though, when I was in college... Um, a friend of mine would come into my dorm room and say, okay, what what do you have that's going to help me cry? <laughs> I need to cry. Play something. Um, and this song would be the song that I would play her because it's the one that reliably did it for me. Um, and it was really hard to get through without crying my face off. Um, but this is... The, the version that I would play for her um, is not the Paul Simon version. It's uh, actually the Indigo Girls... Um, at the Ben and Jerry's Music Festival from like 1991, I think. Um, but it's, it, this is the Indigo Girls version, American 2.
1: Many's the time I've been mistaken And many times confused Yes, and I've often felt forsaken And certainly misused But I'm all right I'm all right I'm just weary to my bones Still you don't expect to be bright and i don't know a soul who's not been better i don't have a friend who feels at ease i don't know a dream that's not been shattered or driven to its knees We've lived so well, so long Still when I think of the road we're traveling on I wonder what went wrong I can't help it, I wonder what went wrong And I dreamed I was dying I dreamed that my soul rose unexpectedly and looking back down at me smiled reassuringly and i dreamed i was flying and high up above dreamed I was flying. We come on the ship they call the Mayflower. We come on the ship that sailed the moon. We come in the age's most uncertain hour and sing an American tune It's alright, you can't be forever blessed Still tomorrow's gonna be another working day And I'm trying to get some rest That's all I'm trying, to get some rest